Yo, yo, yo. What up, Thought Warriors? Higher Learning is back. It is I, Van Lathan. What's up? It's I. I mean, it's me, Rachel Lindsay. Uh, you were you had it right the first time. It's, it gets stuck in your head. I don't want to say it is I, right? Like like I'm a queen walking into the room. That's that's how you sound. Like somebody's making a royal announcement. It is well, I, are, Van Lathan. But you're the queen of higher learning. Why not? King and the queen. King and queen of higher learning. You're the queen of higher learning. I mean, when you put it like that, it does make exactly. you kind of want to say it, It is I, Rachel Lindsay. What's up, Phil? Y'all? What's going on? Wow. Interesting. Um, how was your weekend? I always have to ask you how your weekend was. Weekend was good. You know, little sis is still in town. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we went to dinner. We had good brunch. I haven't had brunch in two years. Because I've been What'd doing football on Sunday. So it was really nice to go out and enjoy a Sunday brunch. Where'd you guys go to brunch? Rose Cafe. I don't know Venice? what it is. Okay. No. It's really good. No. It was in Venice. I enjoyed it. Uh, so how, how is little sis enjoying LA? Is she loves she... it. She's still here. Three weeks and she... counting. Three weeks? She's technically a squatter at this point. Three weeks? She got to get the fuck and out. And counting. What? <laughs> it's three weeks this time to go. Where is she from? She's in Atlanta. So there's nobody back there that misses her? Wow. Whoa. When you put it like that, that sounds oh. so cold. Like, that sounds I don't like mean dark. to be out. What I'm saying dark, is that man. if you can leave someplace and just go some other place for she three works from home. weeks. Like, she can work from home. So she's fine there. She moved to Atlanta like three years ago or so. Mm-hmm. But, like, family's in Dallas and here in L.A., She's been right. quarantining by herself. So she's out here with family. We're the only family we've seen since Christmas. So she is probably going to move to L.A. Then that's what she's trying to tell me. I guess two of her best friends are here. I think it's, it's a good over. look for her. Mm-hmm. It's over. She's mm-hmm. coming out there. You, and then it's going to be the Lindsay ladies tearing up the town all over the place. Wow. Back and forth. I'm, a, I'm li- married. I don't, I don't live that life anymore. You can tear, tear up the town. The town. You can't tear, tear up the, the town. town. You can't tear up the town. Like if usually, you want to like, what, what does tear up the town mean to you? Because tear, tear up the, the town, town means, means like on the scene, I'm out, I'm closing yeah. down the bar. Mm, you can't do really that do all, I don't really do all that anymore. So when you're married, you, it's a slippery slope. you, you can no longer <laughs> tear up the town. Why? What's the a slope to what, though? I feel like I might start scratching that itch of like being back on the scene. Go, I, big Rach big used to have a good old time. That's all. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, <laughs> big let's Rach explore used this. to have a time. Scratching what itch though? So you like can't be- the bug you, to go. I mean, I, I will go out for celebrations, right. you know, like special occasions, mm-hmm. but I'm not just like, it's Friday night. Like let's hit the scene and go out. I don't live that life anymore. Okay, but here's the thing. I understand that and I get okay. it. Okay. I get I get the fact that you don't live that life anymore. But I What's guess what I'm what I'm asking is you're in a committed relationship with yeah. Brian. Okay. Yes. You can't go out every now and again. You can't go I out didn't say even that, if you though. want even if you want to go out all the time. What itch are we talking I about? I could, but I don't necessarily even want to do that anymore. Like I don't want to be on the scene to be seen to get that type of attention. I don't really mm-hmm. want that anymore. You what know, about and I can't, I can't be Big Rage standing on top of, you know, back in the day, they used to be like, oh, there go Ronnie and Trixie. <laughs> Ronnie and Trixie. <laughs> so my cousin, my cousin and I, I can't, I can't be like that. Talk about Ronnie and Trixie from the Players Club? That's what they, they go Ronnie and Trixie, y'all. 
Oh, y'all was, y'all was tearing it down like that. Okay. We used to about, have so much fun. What about Brian, though? If Brian wanted to go out and be on the scene Brian and stuff like that. Brian can do whatever he wants to do. Whatever he wants to do. Yeah. So, so uh, there's a place here in L.A. that has some amazing food. It's called Plan B. It's over off... Really? Uh, yeah, it's Plan B. It's over off of... Um, I think it's off Pico. Plan B. It's strip club? Great food. Yeah. I Can have no and, problem if Brian goes to the strip club. Brian and Brian to the Brian, strip club. I have I could care less. Mm-hmm. Brian, it's not really his his jam, but right. if he wants to go, you want to take him out, man? Go ahead. I mean, oh, that wait, wait, that's done. Like Brian, that that is gonna. I, my job is to make sure Brian in some way rebels against you. Wait, not, wait, you know, hey, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> why would you want to do that to me? Not, why not would you, in a, and, and why is going to the strip club rebellion? That's not rebellion. Well, well, I'll have to find what it is. And by the way, it could be something small. Let's say you want, to me, it's not that I want what? there to be, it's not that I want there to be any actual animus in a relationship because that's sad. But I do like it when I can be the catalyst to like a little bit of a spark. Like, let's you are say. so messy. Y'all, say, y'all see how much of an instigator <laughs> you are so messy. Like, I'll be around. I'll tell you just a quick story. I see why uh, you had your previous place of employment. I, I oh, get the fuck out of here. That's true. <laughs> uh, I was around back in the day. Uh, I was walking with my homeboy's wife, right? Mm-hmm. They weren't married then. Um, and there was these two guys, these Kappas. They were twins, right? Okay. They're Kappa twins, Southern University, like 2002 or something like that. And she said something about the fact that they're twins and that they were good looking. I knew what was going to happen. With wow. Them. So when we got back in the car. Wow. <laughs> I, was, I was like, yo, yo, man, we just seen the niggas, the twins, man. And I said, this is what I did. I said, we just seen them twins, man. We saw the twins. They look kind of corny today. Knowing that she would be like, no, they didn't. They didn't look corny at all. And I'll never forget. Ian goes, what you mean? How they look? And she was like, man, the twins sexy. Boom! And right there, Damn. I saw his face. Who? His face was so, like, he was so triggered. Because I was, I was in the backseat like, oh, shit. What his is face wrong with was you? so triggered. Because I like to fuck with my friends. The only, like but Brian is so chill. The only way you could, and, and, and I'm pretty laid back too when it comes to stuff like this. The only way you could rile me up is if like you took Brian to like a Trump rally or something, or he was wearing a MAGA hat. Well, that's what it is then. But see, but then I would know what's up. Like now yeah. I'm on to you, Van. Right, you show me your true. hand. Yeah, I got to stop. I got to stop showing my hand. You but have never a good weekend, anything. Van? Did you have a good I did, weekend? I did have a good weekend. I had a what great weekend. What did you weekend. do? Um, I got to, a chance to do something that I've never done before. And what which was is, that? It was uh, to spend every waking second following one particular news story. I've never in life been as invested into a single news story as I was invested into the president's condition over this past couple Really? Really? Never in life. All right, hold up real quick. Let's pay some bills. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S, 
I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Wow. Okay, we got to get into this because I was very much so checked out. I saw it, bam, didn't pay attention to it after. I don't understand. A a lot of people have said that I don't understand how you could be that way. There's, I haven't thought of, I can't even conceive, I wasn't around during Watergate, a more consequential story in so many different respects. Now, we should say very, this is so funny. Tell you how much Big Rage cared about the health of the president. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> tell you how much. So we all have a, a, a higher learning group chat and we, we put in stories, we talk and stuff like that. So this is Thursday night or Friday. I guess it had to be Friday. It's Friday, right? And so it's Friday and the news breaks that President Trump uh, has contracted COVID. Um, and I put that into the group chat and Rach goes, Something always happens right after we podcast. Not, nothing. <laughs> not like, damn. Not even like, God damn. Not even like, oh, whoa, what does this mean? Rachel was like, we missed the opportunity to get on top to of this. Like, about we, to, yeah. to podcast about it. So then I'll ask you, since I didn't get a chance to ask you then. The president, now, now we know, okay, so as we record this, it is Monday. So yeah. the entire opera of the president's condition has played out in uh, three acts over the weekend. There was... Friday, then there was Saturday, and then there was Sunday. Friday, there was, hey, fuck, President Trump has COVID. Saturday, it was like, hey, President Trump has COVID. Has he been on oxygen? What is, what, how bad was it? How many other people have it? We should say not just President Trump, but a significant part yeah. of the top of the Republican Party was contracted COVID from one, it's seemingly, we should say, from uh, one specific event, which was Trump announcing the nomination of the Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, and it was. It seems that that was a super spreader event. Now we have uh, a, a couple of Republican senators infected. We have Chris Christie infected. We have um, the Trump and his wife infected. We have the president of Notre Dame infected. We have the president's uh, uh, a press secretary, or not press secretary, yeah, no, but she is. The, the press secretary uh, also infected. So uh, a lot's going on. So you had that, all those revelations coming in. And then you had on Sunday, yesterday, doctors coming out from Walter Reed, where President Trump was then admitted to Walter Reed Hospital. Everyone knows this. Uh, talking about the fact that President Trump was doing a little bit better, feeling better, and that he could possibly be discharged today. And it looks like today at 6.30 Eastern, which is not too far from right now as we tape, that President Trump will be leaving Walter Reed Hospital. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, heading back to the White House. And when we say heading back to the White House, just like I let you know, they're not just turning Trump loose. Trump is going back to the White House 
where he has still access to state-of-the-art care, uh, the best physicians in the world, guys whose sworn duty it is to protect and preserve the life of the president. So uh, he's still going to get much, much better, better medical care than your mamas and your aunties and your right. grandpas and all of them got. Okay. Right. So having said all of that, that's what we know now. Friday, when you heard that the president had contracted COVID, what were your first thoughts? I thought, huh. okay i was like huh okay well it kind of is to be expected right the way he moves around the way he has a complete disregard for the virus it was only a matter of time Hmm. but my first thought i was more like the people who were like is this real is this some type of like a part of me thought okay he's doing this because it's perfectly timed 14 days from now is the next debate. He doesn't want to agree to the protocols of the mic and the camera. Maybe this is his way of getting out of the debate. Then the other part of me was like, oh my gosh, he has it. Now he's going to use some type of experimental drug or treatment to say he used this. He got okay. I found the vaccination. Vote for me November 3rd. That's mm-hmm. that's how I was thinking. So to me, I couldn't put any more energy into it because I didn't know what to believe. This is a man who continues to lie. This is a man who's reckless. This is a man who's inconsiderate. This is a man who's selfish and he's all about himself. I mm. just couldn't devote the time and energy and I would just take the headlines as they came to me. I don't know. I'm, I'm more interested in your reaction because I'm actually shocked that you were so in tune to it. I'm very curious. I haven't heard anybody speak of it the way that you have. So I am very curious as to why you were so like enthralled with, with what was happening. Well, with the okay. There's a, I mean, there's other a, than co- him being the president and getting, and getting well, yeah. covered. Maybe, yeah. There's a, there's a couple of reasons. N- number one, when I say that the United States, right, it's teetering. Okay. It's teetering. I mean that. I just read a, uh, a brilliant write-up on Medium about sort of evidence as to how our society here in the United States has already collapsed, that we're mm-hmm. not in decline, that we're at the end of the decline right now. And what you're seeing right now is sort of the death rattle mm. uh, before a major incident or a major realigning uh, of American society comes. What you have now, though, added to that when we didn't know what, sort of the president's health was going to be in the short term. By the way, we still don't know. Yeah. You know, even if the president is discharged from Walter Reed tonight uh, and he goes home, he still faces an uphill battle given his age and given his, and some of his pre-existing conditions, you know, the fact that he's a big dude, he's, he's obese, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, and, and some other things that are going on that, which means that, you know, over the next couple of days, it's still going to be very, very important for people to, to, to monitor this. So, there's just so many questions. If Trump were to uh, become gravely ill from COVID and then pass away from COVID, what does that then mean? Was that something we've never seen before? That would be history-making, obviously, this close to an election. What yeah. happens then? What happens to the stability of the country, given that? what? How do people in the Republican Party react to the fact that the president held a super spreader event where you could see people not distancing. You can see people not wearing masks. You could see people acting as if COVID wasn't real and then they all got sick. What does this mean for the nomination process of Amy Coney Barrett, right? If you have senators, and this has been discussed as well, who are sick, what if some of them become gravely ill? These are all people who are in those, uh, you know, 
COVID dangerous zones. You know what I mean? So there was just so many things to pay attention to. And then the fact that you have sort of different areas of, of American structural normalcy colliding. What people have to understand is when you're asking questions of the doctors at Walter Reed, right? You're asking questions to doctors. Yeah. But you're also asking questions to members of the military, which they all are. So being that they're members of the military, they have a sworn duty, not just as physicians, but as members of the American military to protect the president and preserve his life. Okay. So what they're going to do basically is anything that he tells them to do. So that's in, that's a unique situation for a patient. So if the president decides on Sunday that he's going to get up and like walk around or, or if he decides that he's going to get up and take a drive, they can't tell him no. Right. Like no one can tell him no. Right. Right now you're seeing just how powerful Donald Trump is, right? He is hurting America. He's killing people with every syllable. And by the way, guys, I, I know that, you know, we, we get on the podcast and we do these things and we talk about these, these subjects. And a lot of times it seems like we're beating a dead horse. It is non-controversial right now that what President Trump is doing and how he's behaving, how he's behaving, how he's carrying on, that people are going to die from that. It's, it's, it's non-controversial. It is a fact. Right. It is a fact that Donald Trump in uh, getting uh, pictures with him without his mask on and moving around and doing all of these things that he is sending a message to the American public, right? That some people are going to then internalize and then go out and start acting in the same way. And those people don't have access to the, the type of medical care that he does. Anyway, mm -hmm. I say all that to say, I couldn't detach from it because there was too much meat on the bone. There was just too many different things to me that were incredibly important to monitor. And I, there was a new question, the, the questions from how transparent do doctors have? I watched a, a press conference earlier today where yeah, the doctors said that they, there were certain things about Trump's condition that they couldn't tell us because of HIPAA. HIPAA laws. Yeah, They told us his blood pressure. They told us when his oxygen was down. They told us all of these other things. What's the line that you draw between how well the American public should be informed on the leader of the country and what's too private for President Trump. It's just all of those questions kind of kept me engaged all weekend long with it. And that makes sense. If you took what he said when he tweeted out that he had COVID as like, he has COVID. Oh my gosh, what's the situation? Sure, I did yeah. it. I originally doubted it because of, I don't trust Trump. I guess another thing though that bothered me as well was as time went on, and I mean by that, I mean like 24 hours, I realized Trump really does have COVID because it right. seemed like, you know, he was being transported to the hospital and we were getting reports that, you know, he was on oxygen or his oxygen levels had dropped or, you know, we were getting certain things out there, different reports. I think I was just kind of like, we're going to get from Trump some point that he is going to downplay the seriousness of this disease. Once I realized he really did have it, virus, this virus, once I realized he really had it, I said he's going to downplay it. And mm. I just didn't want to watch <clears throat> how reckless he was going to be in handling the fact that he had been diagnosed with this virus and how he was going to stand up. And I knew it. I knew he was going to stand up and say, 
you know, like, like he said, I've learned a lot. I knew he was going to present himself as he is okay. And then at the same time, you have, as you pointed out, you have access to all these top medical, you know, professionals and doctors and access to all types of treatment. Yet you're making it seem like all other Americans who are possibly exposed to COVID have that same type of treatment as well, have that same type of access to healthcare as well. Also, while you're trying to repeal something where they, that could, that could have 20 million Americans take away their healthcare. I just didn't want to watch any of it. Just let me know when something goes down. That's kind of what was my take. Let me know when the president goes home. Let me know if he if he's getting worse. Let me know if they have to start briefing Pence because the president's health is failing. That's that's just kind of how I felt about it. And I know that sounds very insincere and I don't wish I don't wish death or harm on anyone, but I just he's just cried wolf so many times. He's lied to us so many times. I was just like, just give me the bullet points. Huh. Let's talk about that real quick because one of the many things that happened surrounding President Trump's diagnosis and the ongoing saga of whether or not he had COVID or not was the fact that, you know, it was people on Twitter that were just like, yo, die. Check out, motherfucker. Yeah, like, we I don't feel that it. way. And so <laughs> Twitter came out and Twitter basically said, hey, look, if you wish death to somebody, uh, you know, we're going to ban you. We're going to suspend you. We're going to do that. Don't do that here on the platform, which is interesting because... I know that I've had it happen to me. There were a bunch of people, specifically black ladies, who came out and said, yo, they wish death on us on Twitter all the time, and we don't understand why you're drawing the line now. Where do you stand on that in terms of, with some of the things that President Trump has said, with some of the things that President Trump has done, where is your head on whether or not it's appropriate to wish bad or hope for his demise? I don't demise as far as being the president yes taking his life demise on his life mm-hmm. i i don't i don't believe in all of that i'm not going to wish death or harm on my worst enemy you know am mm. i following it and paying attention you know am i am i showing any type of concern no but i don't wish for him to die from covid i would never say something like that cuz i would never want anybody to say that like me about me just because that has been wished upon us doesn't mean that i want to spew that same hate and that type of 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 wishful thinking or for something like that to happen on somebody else i'm never going to do that i'm never going to do it yeah can i ask you a question what if you don't have a wish like I you're indifferent but like people when i say indifferent meaning I don't want anyone, anyone to die, right? But what if I'm not going to go on there and say, to me, I do think it was OD. A a lot of people, like, went too far to try to show how fantastic of a human being they are, right? It, It, look, you do not have to. You... Do not have to continuous. It's like almost like virtue porn. You don't have to continuously prove like what an amazing person you are. Because the fact of the matter is, we know that people are just human beings. So the reality is this. I I would never wish COVID on anybody. Right. I wouldn't. But if you throw a party... With 200 people in your house and there's no mask and no distancing, 
What the fuck do you want me to say? I don't feel sorry for you. That's the yeah, thing. What, you don't like, feel what sorry. Do you, so I'm That's not gonna come. I'm not gonna come out after you've done all of that stuff. I'm not gonna come out and hopes and prayers you to death. I'm not right. like what, what? What? Like what do you want me to say? It, by the way, through no fault of your own, things happen to people all the time. If you were to ask me, man, well, what do you hope? Well, obviously, I don't want to. Obviously, I, I I would hope that people would heal from it, right? Mm-hmm. I would hope that that would happen, but. For me to seem like I'm an awesome dude to everybody else, especially in the situation where it could have been and should have been avoided. It's not that just it could have or should have been avoided for the health of President Trump or Chris Christie or Melania Trump. It should have been and could have been avoided for the example that should be set to the rest of the American people wearing a mask and abiding by the guidelines that keep everybody safe, it is a small ask, especially <clears> for <throat> people in the White House or at the top. So if they if they don't do that, there's intentionality behind it to me. I personally think it is so incompetent, like I've said before, it's to the point of being dangerously recklessly. It's reckless, yes. And and so to me, like, what do you want me to say? I'm not... And this is why I didn't pay attention. That Honestly, this is why... And and, and let's just say, for some reason, my heart was softened, and Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, he got it. Okay, so now he's not going to just be briefed on this virus. He is going to experience what millions of Americans have experienced already in this country with this virus. You're not just talking about it. You are living it. Maybe, maybe this will make open his eyes up to a reality that so many of us, well, I personally am not, but so many Americans are facing. Maybe he will be very empathetic to what people are going through in this country, going through in this country. Maybe he will change. And then, and this is why I gave absolutely no effort to paying attention to it, because then we see he's the same disrespectful, inconsiderate, reckless human being, irresponsible and selfish that he always has been by loading up the car, going to do a photo op, a brigade, whatever it is that he was doing, endangering other people and and setting a terrible example of what you're supposed to do when you have this virus. It's like when you want to give him just a little bit, he shows you that you were dumb to do that. And that's why I've given no effort to paying attention to this story. I mean, no, look, to me, I personally believe that he obviously endangered those Secret Service agents' lives. And we've heard from, um, you know, anonymously or through sources that they're the secret there are secret service agents who are pissed at this because it is their yeah. duty. Duty doctors means you don't have a Walter choice. Reed that are doctors at Walter Reed that are pissed. I think not only did he endanger them, but I think that they knew that he had COVID before they actually made some announcements. And there were probably people around Absolutely. the White House, different staff, uh, that he also probably endangered. So I here's the thing about America. America has become a lot about branding, right? And the hardest thing to do in America is to get a brand to change course, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what that brand is, all right? If if it's some photocopier company, right? And they've been photocopying, they can do it the fastest. They, they've, they've staked themselves, their reputation for 20, 30, 40 years of, about being a certain way. Now mm-hmm. they're confronted with something new. 
to make them change course. Well, they can't because all the equity they've built up with the people who buy them and support them, it speaks to one truth, right? Politics shouldn't be about branding. Leadership shouldn't be about branding. Right. It should be about action, compassion, strength, and unity. Those are the things that leadership should be about. They shouldn't be about the brand of you. Because if you're, what Trump is, is a brand. Absolutely. That's what he is. He's not a leader. He's a brand. So being that he's a brand, he has no choice but to react to all of this exactly the way we know that he will. Because anything else betrays the brand and betrays what he's built. And because he's actually not a great businessman, but he has been a good brander, he doesn't know what he's doing. He is a gigantic toddler playing with the most fragile Lego set ever. That Lego set is our society. And he's a toddler that doesn't know his own strength. So it's like a weird thing, man. Um, and, and that's why, to me, you know, it's hard for me to come up and, and have any compassion in a lot of ways. That's and it robs exactly me of my humanity. Say. It's tough. It's tough, Rach. He's about to walk out any minute now. I got it on MSNBC right now. Oh. Uh, he's, about to, he's about to walk out and return to the White House there. Um, do you hope Did Melania that pres- go to the hospital? She did not. Which again shows how serious it was for him. That's what I was thinking. I was like, did we hear anything about Melania go? It wasn't out of precaution. Like they tried to, to give that kind of information to us. They took him for a reason. Yeah, well, they took him for a reason. There are also reports that he panicked when he started getting a little bit of a fever. Oh, you know um, he did. And that, it, and that he panicked. So the Secret Service are securing the president's exit right now. And emerges President Trump. He stops momentarily at the steps. Um, he uh, puts a fist up, and now he is walking. By himself? Uh, by himself. Walking by himself. He touched the hand railing a couple of times. Great. Did, did not uh, necessarily use the hand railing. He is, he is walking down. The president is leaving Walter Reed, headed back to the White House. Here's the thing. Walter Reed, state-of-the-art medical f- facilities. This reminds me of a story my dad once told me about okay. my expectations. Do you want to hear this story? I do. Okay. So I was on a basketball team in the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. We're called the Warriors. Uh, were you starting? Yes, of course. This, this is, so, these are real questions. Well, here's the thing. Well, number one, I started, but then the second year of the Warriors, there was this kid that came in. His name was Devin. Mm. And this is the first time I ever had to compete for a position. Devin came in. Devin was tall. Devin was skinny. I was kind of like a Shaq. He was kind of like a Hakeem Olajuwon. And for the first time, I was getting in a situation where I wasn't starting. I remember Devin came up to me one time at practice. He was like, man, let's just work together and win. I was like, if you don't get wow. the fuck out of my face with that <laughs> Save by the Bell shit. Oh, wow. I'm, like, I'm like, no. Come on, yo, Zach and AC. <laughs> nah, there can be only one. I hope you don't fucking twist your ankle out there. Well, who became like, the one? Uh, well, there was one. I, I kind of played Devin a little bit because Devin started earlier on in the season, right? You then are really this... painting yourself to be a real shady individual <laughs> on this podcast <laughs> right. today. <laughs> Devin started out and he was starting in the season. And then there was a game that was like against Leo's Lions. I'll never forget it. Leo's Lions. They were, they were one of the best teams, right? Okay. Leo's Lions. And it, it ended up being that like, we, it was coming down to the end. I remember the ball went up 
and uh, Devin didn't get the board. And I was like, yo, Devin, man, get the fucking rebounds. And I coach panicked and he put me in and then I finished the game and I started the rest of the year. So you came but in like I, the last 15 seconds of the game? No, no, no. I was in the game. I was getting oh, rotation, okay. but he but okay. he was, but he had been in there. I thought you were like lie. that person that they're like, yay, Van got never. in the game. Never. Oh, come never. on, B team. Don't 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 hit I've me with the never, never when you were on the B team. Life. I've never in life. But look, they were using us back and forth. Six we man kinda... of the year. Go ahead, man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so during the first year. Sarn Hutchinson was on the team. Shout out to Sarn. Sarn Hutchinson was on the team. You're like my dad telling the story. You remember first, true. middle, and last names. Sarn fucking Hutchinson. I remember in school, the teachers used to call him Sarny. They didn't really know his name, but his name was Sarn. His father was one of the coaches, actually the guy who started the team. And my dad was trying to let me know what it was like playing on the team where the coach's son was on the team. Okay. I never forget the way my dad did this. My dad goes, I just want you to remember something. He goes, now, Rachel, I'm going to say something here. This is my dad speaking. This is not to offend anyone, okay? okay. My dad looked at me. He says, do you know what a blowjob is? And I was like, yes. And then he looked at me and goes, how do you know what that is? And I was like, I just know what it means, okay? And he goes, okay. He's like, let me tell you why you can't expect from uh, the same treatment that Sarn is going to get on the basketball team. Let me tell you why you can't expect it, expect it, okay? He was like, so Sarn lived with his mom and his daddy. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, so his daddy's the coach of the team. And I was like, yeah. He was like, let's say coach put you in, he don't put Sarn in. Sarn don't play. Okay? The team wins. That coach don't make no money off this. He, I don't know why they even do it. I wouldn't give up my Saturdays, but they like to give up their Saturdays to watch y'all play basketball. I don't know why they do it, but they do it, right? Let's say the coach puts you in over Sarn, right? Y'all win. Good job. Coach don't get nothing. All right. Right. But let's say after that, Sarn goes home and he mad because he didn't play. He crying. He don't want to do nothing. He don't want to go nowhere. He mad because he don't get no playing time. You know what he do? He run tell his mama, okay? He run tell his mama. Then his mama come back to his daddy. And his mama says to his daddy, what's the point of having a basketball team if your son can't even play? Then the daddy say, hey, I'm just trying to teach this boy how to play basketball. Then the mama say, he's your son. How you going to learn how to play basketball if he's not in the game to play? And then the the daddy says, hey, I got to be equal with everything. And the mama says, fuck you. And then the daddy says, fuck you. You know what happens after that? And I'm like, no, I don't. He goes, the daddy don't get no blowjobs. So he said to me, he said. It's a long way to get there. <laughs> that's what he said. He goes, so remember, you, what you do and what he do is different. Your experience is different. It's something on the line with him. He don't care about you that much. But it's something on the line if his son doesn't play. Mm-hmm. The minute I thought about Trump and Walter Reed Hospital and all of that, I thought about that. Because there are a lot of Trump supporters that are going to think that their experience with COVID is going to be the same as the president's. Right. The, the only problem is it's not. Because newsflash to Americans, 
nobody cares if you die. You have to care. See, all of those people at Walter Reed, all of those people in the White House, all of those people in the Hill, all of those people care if the president is like Sarn's dad. It's something on the line <laughs> if he fails, right? They care if the president right. dies. They don't care if you die. The person that has to care if you die is you. Right. So if you listen to this fucking idiot <laughs> and try to do as he does, you're going to end up somewhere with your lung function compromised. Don't do it. That's all don't I'm saying. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't well do said, it. Dad. Well said. I'm never going to forget that. And neither never. did you, because never did you, you didn't either. Never <laughs> forgot it. Never <laughs> forgot. And you know what it let me do? It let me just go out and play basketball. If it, like, seriously, if, if I get yanked and they put Sarn in the game, I was thinking, aha, blowjob. Mm-hmm. It did, it did change my relationship with Sean's mom, though, because I never thought about her doing that before. Okay. But then, like, I would meet her because she would bring the snacks. <laughs> and then I would be like, yo, hmm, hmm. But anyway. Stop. Uh, Yes. Um. Oh, there was other big news that came out this week. What happened? Huge, huge, huge. Well, actually, it wasn't big news. It was a big happening. Did you see the debate? Well, we'll stay on politics real quick. Did you see the debate between uh, Jamie Harrison uh, and and Lindsey Graham? So there's a big race. We should say this right now. Yes. Race started out in South Carolina, and and Lindsey Graham is an incumbent there, obviously one of the more powerful mem- members of the Senate. You guys should pay attention to not just the presidential race, but all the races that are happening down ballot and some of the key races in terms of, you know, which party is going to be in power in America as the president's, uh, as Marine One, I guess, takes off and uh, is on the way back to the White House. The helicopter is leaving us as, as I speak right now. So there was a, a, a race. There's a race in South Carolina I want everybody to pay attention to because Jamie Harrison is a bright, young black candidate from South Carolina who bodied Lindsey Graham in the debate on Saturday night. It was so crazy how terrible Lindsey Graham looked on that stage with Jamie Harrison. Did you see it? What did you expect? Like, Lindsey Graham didn't have a leg to stand on in that debate. That debate was everything I thought it was. And this is not to take away from Jamie Harrison by any means, because as you said, he is a smart man who is running against him and Everybody should go to jamieharrison.com to donate to his campaign, by the way, um, mm-hmm. even if you don't live in South Carolina. Lindsey Graham has flip-flopped maybe more than any other Republican that we've seen since 2016. Mm-hmm. So I, what could he possibly stand on when, he's, when they're bringing up issues of education or health care or the nominee for Supreme Court when he has changed his opinion so much. I don't even know how he stood, like he even presented himself for this debate, to be honest with you. Were you expecting him to bring something different to the table? Were you expecting him to be able to argue against Jamie Harrison? I mean, Lindsey Graham was his own worst enemy, to be honest with you, because all you had to do was take what he said one year and compare it to the next year. I just don't know much about Jamie Harrison. I know that the race had been tightening, because yeah. I pay attention to all the races, you know, across the country. I know that it had been tightening. I know that the funniest part about the shit to me is that Lindsey Graham, he knows the race is tightening. Because if you really want to laugh, <laughs> go look up Lindsey Graham's last appearance on Hannity and listen to him beg for money. It's like, <laughs> yo, I'm being outspent. They are raising so much money, right? Rachel. 
Hold on for a second, guys. What? Rach, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about this, Rach. I don't want to talk about, about, no. I want to talk about Jamie Harrison and Lindsey Graham. No, 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 no. Rach, we got to talk about what just happened. There's some of you who are not watching the, uh, the Spotify actual video feed. And some of you guys who might not watch on YouTube. So I have to describe what just happened. But you should be watching. You should be watching. This entire time we've been doing this podcast, Rach has been drinking on something. Sipping on a little sippy sippy. Now, I don't know who's in Rach's pocket now. Because QVC Rage is always looking for a new endorsement deal. You was just know. waiting for the I, moment. I, I don't know who's in Rachel's pocket now. QVC Rage is always looking for the, the next way. She's like Scrooge McDuck, guys. At the beginning of at DuckTales. I wish I was swimming through gold. You see Scrooge McDuck dive into a bed of coins, swim around. That's what Rach is. Rach just did the coolest little project placement <laughs> I've at product placement I've ever seen. I swear to God she, I wasn't. Yo, I she Rach, I what I want y'all to do for the video is run this back because Rach takes a drink. What is that you're drinking? Uh, nothing. You're drinking a course. She's drinking some kind <laughs> of course. She's drinking a course. Rach, she drank the course and then she kind of put it next to her cheek like she was hugging the course. And then she very slightly rotated the can. <laughs> Y'all, she rotated the can so that the cores Y'all. faced the camera. I don't know, Rach, that was so cold. You the I coldest. am not getting paid right now in this moment to drink this on this podcast. You so don't sound do that. like a doctor at Walter Reed. Hey, well, has the president ever been on, like uh, on oxygen? <laughs> has the president ever been on oxygen? He's not on oxygen right now. Has he ever been on oxygen? He's not on oxygen right now. Rach says, I'm not getting paid right now. To, to, I'm just to, planning to have seats. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the future, they'll want to offer me a deal. See, here's the thing is, you think I hate on it. I love it. No, they I, think you hate on it. Who thinks All, so? Who, who is they? warriors are like, there he goes again, hating on Rachel, not letting Rachel make her money. Look, I love it. It's just hard for me. Like, I look, I have a glass with regular water in it. It came out of the tap. Nobody paid me to drink this. Would you like for me to send you it. some? Of this, what is, just tell, give me a look. What is that? Coors Seltzer? It's a Coors it? Seltzer. It right. comes in several flavors. Black cherry, <laughs> lime, mango, <laughs> grapefruit. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, look, that's the thing. So, um, Jamie Harrison, I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with Jamie Harrison. I, I heard about him through Charlemagne. Shout out Charlemagne. I heard about him through Charlemagne because he's down there. It's a very tight race. And most of the races that are tight, I try to keep up with them. Uh, South Carolina in and of itself is a very interesting state. It's normally a, a red state, but it has gone blue um, in both national politics and there in, you know, senatorial politics. Um, but I, you know, I was told to watch the debate and mm-hmm. Harrison was so impressive. He was. He was so impressive. It was amazing. It was frustrating to watch, though, because Lindsey Graham did what you see Trump do, what you see a lot of these um, Republicans do when they're faced with the facts of like what's happening in the, the legislation or the lack thereof that they're trying to push or not push forward. The red herring fallacy. Every mm-hmm. point that was made, like for what? Give me a topic. Oh, well, we, we, we have some. Oh. 
Go ahead. We no. have sound. Use this so, as an example. To, to Rachel's point, we have sound. So uh, there was a question asked towards the end of the debate about what is a growing crisis in America, which is the student loan crisis. And listen to how the candidates handled the meat of this question. And they'll tell you why Lindsey Graham is losing ground in South Carolina. Check mm-hmm. this out. As the coronavirus pandemic has exposed, educational equity has room for improvement in our state. What are your plans to bridge the gaps and create equitable education opportunities for minority K-12 students and students living in rural areas throughout the state to further ensure that college is a viable option for them should they choose to pursue it? Harrison. College has to be affordable and accessible. Listen, one of the, the jobs that I had was running a nonprofit called College Summit that worked to help low-income kids uh, get an opportunity to go to college, to live the American dream. I'm, I'm a, a testament that that works. That is powerful. Uh, education is the gateway to the American dream, and we need to make sure that we can do everything possible in order to do that. First of all, we are seeing and witnessing something that we have never witnessed here in America before. Young people have $1.6 trillion of debt. There is more student loan debt in this country than there is credit card debt, and that's the first time that has ever happened. When you're a young person and you are saddled with $200,000 and $250,000 of debt to start off life, no other generation had that type of burden, but this generation does. I'm still paying off for 20 years after graduating from college. My wife and I are still paying off our student loan debt. And that's a burden for so many young folks. And so I want to work to make sure that we reduce tuition costs for our kids so that they don't have to be settled and that we work on the student loan debt crisis here so they don't have to be burdened with such debt to start off their lives. Senator Graham. Well, number one, uh, Mr. Harrison, pay off your student loans so somebody else can go to school. You're a multimillionaire. You worked for Pelosi for three years and Congressman Clyburn, and then you went to work for the Podesta Group. I've given you 11 years of my tax returns. You're given seven years. The last year you made a, almost a half a million dollars. How much money did you make as a lobbyist? Why are you still paying on your student loans? Why can't you pay them off? You're a multimillionaire. You cashed in on politics. Let me talk a little bit about broadband for rural South Carolina. If you're in a poor area or in a rural area, we need to have high-speed internet so your schools can get the best and brightest minds of our time. You want to help rural South Carolina? passed my bill with Senator Warner from uh, Virginia that's a $10 billion grant to wire up rural South Carolina, rural America with high-speed internet. But a little bit about tone here. He's running an ad accusing me of darkening him. He's calling me a racist. That's the worst thing that's ever been said about me in politics. All I can tell you is that's not who we are, Mr. Harrison. An African-American male can be a senator, just ask Tim Scott. You just got to have the right ideas. a daughter of immigrants from India can be our governor. Just ask Nikki Haley. This is a wonderful state, and we can do better Your time than this, is up. Mr. Thank Harris. Thank you, sir. Mr. Harrison, to respond. Yeah, yes. So what you saw that, folks, is Lindsay's taking all of his talking points and, and trying to dump it all to you. Let me just say this, Senator. You are worried about everybody else's paycheck other than your own. When you said over our dead bodies, will we allow an extension of the unemployment benefits for folks who are desperate right now just to make ends meet? What about the fact that you have raised your salary three times, Senator? I wish many of us could raise our salaries like that, but you've raised yours three times, and you are worried more about my bills than I am. You know, Senator, in addition to uh, my household, I have two boys that I have to take care of along with my wife, 
But I also have a grandmother who's the elderly who I help pay bills. I also have a mom who was foreclosed on her home before, and I help her as well. And so I appreciate the, 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 the thoughtfulness that you are so concerned about my Your student loans. Up, but, Senator, let Thank me tell you, you I pay them on time. Thank you. Thank Senator you. Graham, we have less than a minute left. I'll give you 20 seconds to respond. Let it play. Thank you for the job I have. I make 175000 plus as a senator. I never thought I'd make this much money. I pay my aunt's house payment. I help my niece, uh, you know, with her for student loans. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Senator, I'm sorry. We're out of time. That is our time for tonight. That concludes this evening. We want to thank you both. We want to thank all of our panelists. We want to thank Allen University as well. It's so good. And that was the end of the debate. That was that's it, y'all. That's how it ended. That's the end of the debate. So, like, just <laughs> as he was getting into the bullshit. Yo, that is so fucking funny to me. Yo, by the way, shout out to that lady. A good moderator. So, here's the thing that when I, that I hear when I, when I listen to that. You heard somebody address the question that was asked. And then you heard someone else get into uh, the political minutia of who did what in the ad or whatever. No wonder that Harrison is picking up steam in South Carolina because... Even if you were listening to that one back and forth, it seems as if there, there is one person who actually cares about answering the questions of his constituency and another person who cares about winning an election. But that's what we saw in the debate that we saw last week. It's the same thing. You're presenting an irre- irrelevant piece of information in an attempt to distract us, the opponent, from what yeah. the topic and the issue really is. That is what we continue to see happening. I was dying when I saw this part and when he was yeah. like, the racist, this is the worst thing you could call me in politics. I was like, actually, I believe Lady G might be right up there with them as well. <laughs> Lindsey Graham. That's, right. that's pretty tough as well. No, right, I, sure. I would hope in this debate, what was nice is they actually allowed each other to talk and complete mm-hmm. their thought and what they were trying to say. And then they were able to respond to it, which is what I hope to see in the future debates. But also what people need to pay attention to is to not get caught up in this irrelevant piece of information that you have, like Lindsey Graham and what Trump does as well to try to distract you because they're not actually answering the issue. Listen to what they're saying. Listen to what their plan of action is and what they're trying to do for you and for this country. And if you listen to Lindsey Graham, he honestly didn't offer anything. He really didn't, didn't. say anything. And in some cases, it's going to be the Democrat on the stage that is not going to be offering right. anything and not saying anything. But the right. most important thing is when you listen to one of these debates or one of these politicians speak, that you get an example or you get an idea of what their vision for your life and community is. And Jamie Harrison, in this particular debate, shout out to him, man, was uh, very, very effective in laying that out for the people of South Carolina. And Lindsey Graham, because he's been there so long and hasn't done as much as he would have liked to have done or as he said he was going to do, he wasn't able to make those same points. And to call him on the hypocrisy, of uh, the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. All right, hold up real quick. Let's play some bills. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got 
a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Now, of all things that have happened, something more important than all of that stuff happened this weekend as well. Super important. And what was that? The kingdom of OnlyFans has a new prince. Has a new prince. You guys, Tyga. 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 Mr. Rack City. Mr. Taste. Tyga himself, Mr. Lime on the Coconut. Remember that joint? That back in the was day? the, put the lime in the coconut. What was oh, the rest like, of it? Like, <laughs> what, oh, so you, wait, wait, wait. You like that shit? I loved that song. Whoa. Heather, Heather, remember the lime in the coconut? We used to love that song. With Tyga I, and Travi McCoy. And Travi McCoy, yes. Right. We were yeah. like, who's this Tyga? We knew Travi at the point. We didn't know Tyga then. Tyga had the double cosign. He had the double cosign they're, from they're Travi related. McCoy. I think they're related. So yeah, and then he had the cosign from Lil Wayne. So everybody was doing. Remember Travi McCoy, Travi McCoy, and the gym class heroes were such a big deal. They were such a big deal that Katy Perry was yeah. in one of their videos. You I know, did. She dating, date Travi. She dated Travi, and she dated Travi McCoy. But then after after a while, it was like um, they uh, it stopped. Like <laughs> <laughs> like, like she, some relationships. Like do, some relationships happen. It stopped. <laughs> And then, you know, she you know, she went up and Travis McCoy is still great. Amazing Travis McCoy. Anyway, so Tiger, uh, Tiger tested positive for OnlyFans. And he put <laughs> he, he, like he, he 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 leaked his own nudes. Um, that's what people say, allegedly. Put his nudes out there. And I guess he wanted to see if he had what he needed to have down in the gray sweatpants area for people that didn't join an OnlyFans featuring Tiger. Now, here's the thing. I would have joined Tiger's OnlyFans if I was thinking it was going to be... Well, listen, if I would have thought... Because he put a, pic, a picture up and it was Tiger and a bunch of chicks and they were all like, you know, different porn stars and... Oh, were they? Know, all I didn't recognize right. them. Right, they were. It was some of the... Kira Noir, a lot of the girls out there that have been doing this for a long time. I did not recognize them. You don't know Kira Noir is what you're saying. You don't, no, you don't, I don't know her I don't, work. I, okay, I don't. Cool. Well, she's out there. She's doing her thing. So, but the reality is that I guess Tiger's OnlyFans, I thought maybe it was more like Tiger was sponsoring an OnlyFans and it was going to have different content up there with, you know, maybe uncensored videos and all of that stuff. But Tiger is going to be on OnlyFans. I guess Tiger on his OnlyFans is showing pictures 
of himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He is. So I have so a who joins for that? You. Who who joins that OnlyFans? Is what women. Yeah. And I have a question okay. for you. Sure. And, and not just women. Let me not say that. It could be men as well. Sure. Um, seeing you used to be a person who has subscribed to OnlyFans, I assume at this point you really have discontinued your memberships. That's what you said. Yeah, no more OnlyFans. Okay. Is it porn? Can we just clear the air? Because and I and I'm and I'm truly asking because I'm trying to understand. I I feel like I there's a former bachelor person who's on it. And he'll like drive up to where a bachelor contestant lives and have sex in his van outside of their home. Well, so yes, I, Rachel, that's porn. But yeah, no, but I'm asking like, is that no no, but I'm asking definitely porn. Is that all that it is? Because I'm very confused. Like, I feel like maybe it started off as one thing, but it seems like, and I'm hearing like a lot of porn stars are coming over because they make, make way more money on OnlyFans than they do doing porn. Is that what it just is right now? It's just porn. I, I don't understand what you ever thought it was. Yeah, it's porn. It's porn. I, I, I swear to God, when I first heard of OnlyFans, and, and it was presented this way, people would make it seem like they just take sexy pictures and well, they put them up there. Like they made it, so they they didn't make it seem like there was any any sexual acts happening. It was I just you're I have so, sexy content. You're so pure. So OnlyFans. I am is, pure. Thank it's you. Di- it's different <laughs> things for different people. Now, when they first came out with OnlyFans, you could do whatever you want, and you still can. You can have an OnlyFans and just be on your OnlyFans showing people how to do stuff, right? You can be on OnlyFans. Let, let's say you're a chef. If you wanted to, you could do an OnlyFans. And get on there like Patreon or something like that. Because even on Patreon, there's like sex, there's sexy stuff. There's Uh-oh, sexual I didn't stuff know on, that. But there I, on Patreon. But I know somebody who wanted to do an OnlyFans for her feet. Right. Okay? They do but that. She, but, but she couldn't do it because she doesn't have enough followers or something like that. Like they wouldn't allow her. So like apparently you have to have like a certain amount of followers. You know somebody. Interesting. Um, oh, oh! Are you trying to uh, lose that it's me? No, I'm just saying. Have like, you seen my pinky toe? I would uh, never. Uh, wait, hey, I, I would don't know. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I but what I'm, and I clearly have enough followers, so it ain't oh, me. Ooh, I clearly have enough followers to sell you anything. Now, <laughs> no, get your feet off the fucking screen. It's disgusting. Like, what are you doing, man? Oh, what are you doing? You're giving away for free. You're Don't right. give it away right. for free, Rach. <laughs> um, uh, but no, so, yeah, so here's the deal. It depends on who you are, right? So let's say that you're like, uh, I don't know, you're somebody that on your Instagram, you put twerk videos or sexy pictures or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can say, hey, my OnlyFans is like slightly more than I do on Instagram. Do you want to come and see it? Like, right, it maybe in an Instagram, you can see me in a bathing suit, but not in a thong. Maybe in Instagram, gotcha. you know what I mean? And so then, so it depends on who you are. Now, if you are somebody who, let's say you're someone who doesn't show very much, but you still have a sexy kind of reputation on Instagram, then you can mm-hmm. go on OnlyFans and do just a little bit more and make a shit ton of money, right? Make a whole shit ton of money. If you're just like a, if you're a girl that like poses in bikini or does try try on videos or any of those things like that, and you and you're willing to dance and stuff on the OnlyFans, there's a lot of guys who just want to see that. Now, if you're a porn star, they're gonna expect the same content that you that you do in your movies. And who so, says the prices? Because I was shocked that Tigers was twenty dollars a month. I thought, oh my gosh, it's expensive. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we thought, went through I this thought, before. I thought it's, they were like four ninety nine or. 
Well, you know what it I mean? depends. It depends, once again, right? Because there's two ways in OnlyFans to really make money. One is through the subscription service, right? But then another so one is in, I know what I know. And so then uh, uh, in, the, uh, in the messages on the OnlyFans, right? You can charge per video. So if you like, if you're on there for like $5.99 or something like that, you can then say, here, well, here's a video. You can buy the video for 10, 15 bucks if you want to see something extra that I'm not comfortable because they're levels, you know? Oh, and I, but Tiger's not the only, per- like Cardi B's on it. So it's, see, it's not shocking that. So, I, so that's my whole thing. My whole thing is uh, Amber Rose, a future guest. Uh, we're going to have Amber Rose here in the next couple of weeks on Higher Learning. Amber Rose started her OnlyFans recently. And in starting her OnlyFans, I don't know what Amber Rose would do on OnlyFans. You know, she, she, we will I mean, ask. Well, yeah, we'll ask her. We'll ask her, like, what, why does a celebrity who has like a lot of money at this point do it? Is money out there? Obviously, Tiger, there are probably people who want to see Tiger. You know, yeah. I know there's, there are other rappers that did it. Casanova did it. Safari. Now, that's Sa- not shocking. Safari he has and an OnlyFans. I think he and his wife do it. They have an OnlyFans together? No, I think they both have one. So I'm sure they do stuff together. Right. So whatever. So it's just interesting that Tyga did it, though. Why? It's not to me. When, have, when, have we heard from Tyga lately? Like Tyga maybe, been having hits. But is Tyga, Tyga, he making hits. money like that? Because we do know he's been in the news for having some financial troubles. Yeah, and well, they say you make a lot of money in OnlyFans. So he's like, do. this is money. This is money to tap into. You do like a shit ton of money on OnlyFans. Like a lot of money. It's just interesting to me. It's interesting to me that everyone's opinion of sex workers is in the dump. Sex workers get destroyed. They get hated on. They get fucking judged. They get all of that. But as soon as the money dries up, everybody whipping their dick out. They talk all of it. As soon as the money dries up. Did he talk about? I'm I'm not sure if he did, but it just seems to me that there are so many people. And there, and by the way, this, this is, there's a, there's a, a gamut of this, right? There's a a spectrum, should I say? There are just normal, everyday average persons who, who may have been furloughed, who may have been fired, who are not making as much money. Maybe they're, they, they work in a restaurant or something like that. And they're thinking to themselves, yo, if I can show my breasts and make an extra $1,000 a week, then why wouldn't I do it? The question becomes, how much does all of that shit matter Like when you actually are faced with the notion of not having income? Yeah. Is that enough to keep you from doing something that you really would otherwise do, but you just care what people think? Do you have any specific opinion? Because, you know, I have, I've bring something up with you. I have gotten a couple of DMs from people who think that you're judgmental or too hard on the sex workers. Give me examples. The, Give me examples. Give me examples. Because don't don't make accusations out here if you can't back it up. I, I'm not if, making accusations. I'm, like, I'm saying people. But I'm have saying, said, what have I said on the podcast that was judgmental towards sex workers? You like all, I they, ask questions about OnlyFans truly because I don't understand it. Like I and I'm asking because I'm trying to understand. And if we have Amber on here, or we will have Amber on here, I will ask her even more questions. I want to know. I think what people were trying to say, there was a couple of conversations that we had. There was one specific conversation where we were talking about the girls from Adam's podcast, which they stopped the podcast. We talked about that. And Did they really? Not, it was only a matter of time. Yeah, the girls, they, the podcast is no longer. There was no nowhere more, to go. It had no legs. Thoughts, 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 thoughts next door. Uh, but anyway, 
So we were having a conversation. I got one DM about it. We were having a conversation and they thought you were being judgmental on the girl because who I was, was having sex because she was having sex with seven or eight of the Suns players. What I players. said is I don't think it's female empowerment. I never right. called her out of her name. I only called her what she called herself. The, the podcast was called Thoughts, so I called them Thoughts. That's what they call themselves. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped on that bandwagon. But I right. don't, but I, I I didn't think that that, I don't think that's female empowerment because at the end of the day, a man is telling you what to do. Okay, you said yes, you consented, but you are doing what he is telling you to do. You didn't walk up in the room and say, hey, you get on the bed and this is what I'm going to do for you. He is telling you, he is pulling it out, putting it in your mouth. And then the next one's lining up. She didn't say, hey, I want one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's not empowerment to me. She's, well, she's being told they, what she to did, do. Though, but she, she did, did it. She said, because, yes, she consented. That's not they, like, that's they, not empowerment. She's doing so, what a man is telling her to do. It's, by the way, far be it from me to tell a woman what female empowerment is. Then. Yeah. So what I'm, but what I'm asking is, if you do something, it, so you, it has to be, it has to be your idea is what you're saying. I think so. That is but what she is says she liked it and that it was lit. And forget about That's her. That's fine. That's Let's fine. Let's talk about whatever. She... If you if you decide you want to have ten dudes run a train on you, tape it, put it on Pornhub, right? Or if someone is that different than someone coming to you and you saying, "Hey, we want to run a train on you with ten guys, tape it, put it on Pornhub," and you going, "Yes, that's something I've always wanted to do." What's the difference? I think there's a difference. I think there's a difference. I wasn't paying attention fully to everything you just said. I'm going to be honest. Because I but- think you were so disgusted <laughs> <I was> thinking- <laughs> by the idea. You were like, you were like, Jesus Christ, that's disgusting. I can't believe this woman would lower no, her. I, I, I did. I don't think because I because you haven't heard me judge anybody on what they're doing for OnlyFans. I ask questions. If you create an OnlyFans, you are deciding what content you want to put out there, right? Like mm-hmm. you're making this choice. You're creating your own platform, your own projects, your own content. But they That's also ask, you. You're they an ask entrepreneur. What, they yeah, ask, what yeah, they more ask do you and then see? they decide. They decide. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you're an entrepreneur. You are creating something for yourself. That is, like, empowerment. Like, that to me is different than what mm. she did. Right, what I, she yeah, did. I did judge you, it. Fuck it. You, I judged it. I judged <laughs> it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So last thing I'll ask about that. You said that she, that they were using her. Is there any world where she could be using them? She, if she likes that type of shit, is yeah, what I'm asking. She bartered for services. If she's like, "Hey, I'll do this if you give me what, like a car or whatever," I don't necessarily think that that's empowerment. But yeah, she could get something out of it more huh. than it being lit. Well, it's lit to her, though. Anyway, look, I get it. I'm just, I was told I was. That, that's the thing. So. Because I Everything think there is was a, lit to her. I think there is a difference, and there's a double standard in Tiger being on OnlyFans and somebody else being on OnlyFans, right? Tiger goes on OnlyFans, he does his thing on OnlyFans. People make a big deal about it a little bit. It's a joke, right? But a lot of other people, there've been other female rappers, other ladies that have gone on OnlyFans, and they get fucking destroyed for it. Like, oh, you a hoe. You desperate. Yeah, there's a this, double standard. You that. And so it just doesn't seem to exist for Tiger. And by the way, everybody go do whatever they want to do as long it as you're not hurting anybody. But so there's definitely a double standard. There is. And and there, there always has been. And I don't ever see that honestly really changing. But I don't think that way. I think it's what she did is totally different from OnlyFans. Totally different. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, did you see Meg Thee Stallion on SNL? Did you watch the performance? I did. I watched the beginning of the performance. What'd you think? I thought it was great. Megan, listen, I thought it was a big F you to Tory Lanez without having to bring any attention to him or calling his name out or giving him any type of platform. But she's all, she obviously was talking about empowering black women. I loved the call out about Daniel Cameron, especially in light of the new news that's coming out with grand juror, jurors, grand jurors wanting to come out and speak out and then trying to get the transcript. They feel like they were lied to. That is reportedly what's been told. So I thought it was good for you, Megan, because so many people are watching this expecting to get a performance, which they did, but they also got a statement, a statement from a black woman about her stance on Daniel Cameron, what how she feels black women aren't appreciated in this country. And I thought it was beautiful. Megan has the mic right now. She's got a platform. She's got a stage. She's time 100s, one of the most influential people. And I think that she's using it in the right way. I I, I love it. And she's from Texas. Mm. She's from Texas. Houston. Uh, yeah, I love the message. I wasn't really that big on the performance. I didn't I think that. I think sometimes we have to say that because a lot of times it's, there's a situation to where you know, you go up there and you sing Amazing Grace and then you'll never get booed, right? You go up there and you sing Amazing Grace. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you I'm a singer Amazing Grace. And then if you boo them, you're booing God. So that's yeah, what every time... That's right. That's every true. time somebody came up at McKinley and it was like, hey, it's May night. We used to have in McKinley something called May night where people would come up and they would sing. It would be a talent show. If they were going to do like Wade in the Water or something like that, we're like, we know you can't sing. Because you would, if you, if it was, you would sing I Will Always Love You if you could sing. Because, you know what I mean? You if you could, could hit sang. the notes. You could sing. So I didn't really enjoy the performance, but I enjoy Meg the, Meg the Style. It's very important for you me to be able to say that, by the way. Anyone, because that's a piece of art on there. If you don't like mm-hmm. the piece of art, say, hey, the performance wasn't that great. However, what, the message was amazing. What does she dance to? Or, sorry, rap to? She's savage. Okay. What, what didn't She's, you like about it? Sorry, I, didn't, I didn't dig it. Whatever. I didn't dig it. I didn't okay. dig it. But the message was, imp- was, was very important. Yes, I will say something, something very troubling is happening. Uh, people are losing, it seems to me, they're losing the enthusiasm for the support that they had of Meg when all of this stuff first happening. First happened. You think you're, so? You're was, hearing it, was, it, were they, was it on Twitter? Because then I It's on Twitter. Yeah, you're okay. hearing a lot of people saying, hey, uh, you know, I rushed to judgment. And even Charlemagne said he he rushed to judgment and he shouldn't have given Tory Lane's donkey today before he heard Tory Lane's side of it. And the reality of it is, is that the longer this goes on without clarity, the more I feel like they're going to two sides this whole thing with Tory and Meg. I just cannot see a world where she lied about him shooting her. If that ends up being the case, I will be the first person to get on here and apologize to whoever I have to apologize to. But I don't see a world where she lied, a straight-up bold-faced lie. Is it bold-faced or bald-faced? I think it's bold-faced. Bold-faced, bold-faced lie. I just can't see her lying about that, about having shot him. Especially how it rolled out, right? Because remember, at first, she didn't say that. And then she explained why she held back. To me, the way she... It rolled out and we learned that I'm going to say the truth because I believe her. Um, I can't see her lying about it. And the way he took his time and then the way he rolled it out. No, I, I believe him. I'm still team Megan. I absolutely believe her. I support her. And I hope that she gets justice in every sense of the word when it comes to this situation. 
Yeah, I can't believe so much. people are flipping. Like, come on, y'all. A lot of people flipping. And come by on. the way, it's, it's another thing that's kind of happening along the lines of black men versus black women. Not entirely. Not entirely. But I just think that, yo, there's so much hurt and so much trauma and so much mistrust that people are using Meg and Tori as avatars to fight wars amongst each other mm. that, that should have been, treaties should have been signed a long, long time ago. Uh, in this particular situation, I don't see how you don't look at the victim of this and pour all of your energy behind her. But, you know, it's a lot of hurt out there. Um, wow. Before I go, can I say something about body positivity before we get out of here? Van, I would love for you to. This is serious, though. This is a serious thing about body positivity. Okay. So, I watched the Savage Fenty show. It was amazing. Rihanna. It was great, right? It was great. It's great. Shout out to Rihanna. She did something great. Um, yeah. If anybody knows who the green-haired male was that was featured in, I get, I'm getting a lot of people asking me, do I know who that was? No, I don't. But if you do, DM me. A lot of then ladies, and, a, men, a lot of ladies you, and men want to know. Yes, I did. You had a friend in the but show, I, right? But I've, I haven't asked him yet. But yes, a lot of ladies and men want to know who he was. But and your friend continue. is a bigger guy, right? Yeah, he is. We go way Big back, dude. all the way to Oak Cliff, Texas. It's all the way to Oak Cliff, Texas, right? I... Dug the fact, I'm just going to be blunt about this, that she had fat guys out there. I'll tell you why. We talk about on this podcast a lot about, like, my past having been a bigger dude, right? Mm-hmm. The biggest I ever got, I was about 260, 365, 370. Big guy, right? During this time, I may have mentioned this before, like, I was so disgusted with myself, I would shower with the lights off, right? Like I never, there was a whole period where I never saw my body, ever. Never saw my own. I really don't even know. I can't even remember how I looked. Mm-hmm. I was so disgusting to myself. I never, I didn't, you know, I never swam. I never did it. Like the whole nine, all of that stuff just completely felt completely terrible. And you know that there's an aesthetic that people like. Even if you do the Savage Fenty show, and you show all bodies, there's still an aesthetic that you know people are going to run to. You know Anthony Joshua, the heavyweight champion. You're going to get more ladies looking at Anthony Joshua going, hey, he's whatever, than you are the other. But just to see people being free, just to see them free of those chains and free of those restraints and not having to fucking worry about that. And, like, I envied those guys because, like, at that point in my life, I couldn't be that. I couldn't be super confident in myself. I couldn't be super happy about the way that I looked. I couldn't be any of that. All I could do was hide, right? And lean on my homies and, and do girls' homework for them until they liked me and all, <laughs> and all of that stuff, right? That entire deal, the whole nine. But when I saw them and I saw them getting up and I saw them cutting up, I felt great for them. yeah. Like, I love any situation where nobody is hiding. And it was dope, man. And, you know, maybe in the future, the whole beauty standard will change. And that would be amazing. Well, I think it's people like Rihanna using her platform to highlight that and to show that, you know, all shapes and sizes are beautiful. You know, it's something that comes from within and how you like show that confidence on the outside. I mean, even talking to Dexter, Dexter was my friend and 
we had a, a like a small watch party to watch the show together. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how emotional he was when it was over with because of the opportunity, because Rihanna handpicked, right? Like he knows Paris, the choreographer, but she submits the tape and Rihanna's like, I want him. I want her. So Rihanna handpicked him. And that meant Mm. everything to him because he moved to L.A. 10 years ago, you know, grew up black. He's gay. He's overweight. And, you know, there were a lot of doors that he had to break down to find his happiness and his peace, even against parents, friends, whatever, like that whole upbringing. So to see him come to LA and 10 years later, have the opportunities that he's having, started dancing at 18, it really is a beautiful thing. And there was a, an amazing Vogue article, I think it was Dan or Dale Hastings that wrote it about him and said, when he kind of shared your sentiment, when he saw Dexter on the screen, he broke into tears because it reminded him of being a young boy and having to hide all those things and to see Dexter be his full self unapologetically, beautifully himself uh, in the show was really an emotional moment. And like, it, it, it really was, I'm glad we got to talk about this because it really is a, uh, it was really beautiful to experience that with him, to sit with him and watch it and see his reaction to the whole show. Yeah. It's weird. Like I slouch now, like I slouch over mm-hmm. and the reason why I slouch over is because I was like 11 or 12 and I was walking past the mirror. And when I walked past the mirror, I saw my little A cups. I saw mm-hmm. my little titties. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, that's crazy. And so I started slouching over, like hunching over. I remember the moment I did it. Mm-hmm. I remember I hunched over and then I hit him. You couldn't see him. And I, since that point in life, it's been a struggle to stand up straight. Even when I lost the weight and it was gone. Yeah. You still, people go, man, like your shoulders around it. Like your shoulders around you it. Were like doing stand it up. for so long. Like stand up straight. I was doing it for so long trying to hide parts of my body that it literally made me smaller. Like yeah. literally made me smaller. A six foot four guy shrunk. It literally shrunk me, my mm-hmm. body image. So seeing people kind of like into that, dope. Shout out to Rihanna. Rihanna got one more step though. Rihanna single now, date a big dude. Date a big dude, Rihanna. That's the last step for the big dude takeover. I've given Go you my there. big man story. Now, you tried to call me out because I did end up marrying a big man, but that's because the big man didn't want me back, okay? You know, I had to let that relationship go. But I I have asked anybody. Mm-hmm. My boyfriends were 300 plus. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Biggins. Rihanna, go get you a There's biggin. There's a place for you out there. Yeah. Go, Rihanna, go get you a get biggin. Get that big love. That get big that love. Get that big love. Like, yeah. big protective. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I'm not going to be There's big. There's nothing I'm about but, to... but sliding up in there and finding your yeah. spot. There's nothing that's, like that. It's, it's dope. <laughs> now, that's for y'all. Because I'm about to go run. I'm about to go run after this. Just let you know. I had enough. It was fun. But no more. Like, I'm about to go run. Like, after, after we do this, run around Beverly Hills. Come back home. <laughs> and I'm vegan on the weekend, so no, that's good. That's for y'all. But yes, uh, it was amazing. <laughs> so shout out to Rihanna. Everybody love yourselves. Ray, that's enough. Yep. We're, we're done. We will keep you abreast on President Trump's situation. We also are going to try to get you some specific political voices to weigh in on the vice presidential debate, which is coming up on Wednesday. It looks like that is still going on. So hopefully we can get uh, the mighty, uh, uh, amazing, ridiculously smart, uh, the patrician that he is, Bakari Sellers, or someone of that ilk to help us break down that debate on uh, Thursday for Friday show. Uh, we'll yeah. also, if need be, 
We'll come back. If something yeah. crazy happens, if need be, we'll do an emergency podcast because the news is coming so swiftly. So uh, I would normally tell you to take your thinking caps off at the end of it, but you can't. You got to keep them on. You got to keep them on. You got to fatigue your mind. For how Push long? Push it to the limit. Keep it on till I fucking say take it off. <laughs> <laughs> keep your thinking caps on. I am Van Lathan. I'm Rachel Lindsay. Peace. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.